five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier podcast to do with the Vancouver Titans, Toronto Defiant, and Xbox. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually, as always, by Ami at Strife and uh, Jordan at Sir Dr. JM. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. How does it feel to be green? Oh, it's always good to feel green. <laughs> Except when you're green and you feel... Like you don't want to be green and like it's not good. stomach issues. Green. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, <laughs> if you're that level of green, no, that's not good. That's not a good feeling. Maybe like Sony green. is green today. With jealousy. Yeah. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. 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 Huge, uh, huge news. Do you remember how you found out uh, <laughs> this morning? Well, okay. So some backstory. I mean, the, the, the gentlemen here know, but. Uh, I woke up this morning and I noticed I had a text message telling me that I was now eligible for my COVID-19 booster. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Great news. And then I noticed there's a bunch of Discord notifications. And so I log into Discord, RSP cord. Here's Jordan dropping a link about the news. Omni's already rebranded the podcast. (laughs) And uh, I put booking my booster appointment on hold because... I needed to deal with the fact that Microsoft acquired Activision Blizzard because that was more important than my own health. That's how big news it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a shock to say the least. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get into it in, you know, later part in the show when we get into the fray, but if you had told me yesterday, Hey, Microsoft, they're going to buy ATVI. No, yeah, I wouldn't believe you. No, no, no way. No way that's happening. Even after the Bethesda deal happens, there's no way one of the big three is going to one of the other big three, if you will. Well, now, now, like instantly Microsoft is big three, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, the size of this deal is stratospheric, Mm -hmm. right? Because wasn't it, wasn't the Bethesda deal the largest sort of acquisition prior to this yeah it was just a tenth of, of what they got today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think I I, mean, for me personally i i'm i'm honestly more surprised with like uh my reaction to it being like uh that's that's not too bad because like if 10 years ago someone would have told me that i you know react positively to such news for like blizzard being bought out by like a huge conglomerate like microsoft but I don't know. It could have been worse. It could have been like ten cent or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The um, for me, I think I like Microsoft. I would have been much more jaded. I think to your point, Omni, years ago. Now, I seem to believe that Microsoft is figuring its space out. Um, you know, Phil Spencer is running a relatively good ship, mm-hmm. and. Could it be worse? It could be. Could it be better? I actually don't know. I genuinely don't point? know how it could be better for, mm-hmm. for Activision Blizzard. Um, and yeah. I mean, without discounting the fact that there are people who are going to make a ton of money who probably we would rather 
They may not make a ton of money, but they were going to make a ton of money one way or the other. As <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I woke up to, to big news. We have now officially pivoted our podcast. You heard it correct. We are the premier podcast to do with the Vancouver Titans, Toronto Defiant and Xbox. It's totally legit. New yeah. theme music and everything. Yeah, we should bring in that uh, Xbox uh, startup sound like, well, it's hard to, <laughs> to do that with my voice, but I'll find it and edit it in. Chris, please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's other sort of news uh, that's happened since our last episode. Uh, Jordan and I uh, wasn't here for it, but Omni and I had sort of kicked around the idea that there was going to be some Vancouver Titans action. There was, of course. It's, was. you know, podcast mm. lore tells us it happens before podcast comes out on a Wednesday and that has always held true. Uh, a little bit of news about the overwatch league. What's been going on on that. And, and obviously the big news, which we'll get into in greater detail in the fray. But uh, before that, why don't we start pushing this payload? Moving the payload. Join me. So the news that uh, Omni and I, I mean, okay. We knew that there was going to be a signing from the Vancouver Titans, like the production the value of the content they're creating <laughs> led us to know there was going to be a signing. Like it just had to be there. They're really playing up the Branson, uh, <laughs> you know, leaking info, which the video was top notch. Yeah. And the players announced, however, are not on the list of those that I think any of us, have talked about uh, the <clears throat> Titans have added both uh, Seiko and Sky Reaper. I think is how you say it uh, yep. to their lineup. And uh, they are a fully international team at this point. Like it is the United Nations in Vancouver. I have no issue with that. I actually think it's, it's good. Uh, but the uh, Titans apparently are also not done because the other piece of info that we learned, which if you were to follow, uh, you know, GM Justin on, on Twitter, he listed a series of flags and then a question mark. That question mark got zero play in Titans court until I pointed out, like y'all are getting all worked up about the two <laughs> players they signed and you're not saying anything about Justin dropping a question mark. <laughs> yeah. Justin then comes in and I don't know if Justin like realizes that, you know, Branson wants to leak these things. And he just came and said, yeah, we're going to go and probably sign an eighth player at some point. It'll probably be a tank. Yeah, but uh, here's our seven so far. <laughs> I mean, it does look like they're um, approaching the end of of their signings. Like a lot of teams are, you know, gearing up and getting that seventh, eight, or whatever uh, amount of players that uh, they're willing to sign. Titans are now at seven, I believe. They're yeah. at seven, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's now. It looks like they're done making. Maybe not, but but to me at least looks like they're done making the big moves right the, the, the cornerstones of the franchise who you build around and now they're just patching up those uh holes they might have uh in in the roster to you know for example uh seiko he's that you know classic projectile player you want mm -hmm. to be on the fire in case uh you know there's a meta that that calls for one like to 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 pair up with an echo or a tracer or whatever that like Obviously, Aspire and Shockwave can do uh, so more like that specialist role you want to have, and and the same for Sky Ripa, who can you know fill any meta change gap that might occur on on supports, and and both 
you know, they're not those big, big names that like would set the subreddit on fire. Uh, but they like looking at their Liquipedia pages, they have extensive tier two mm-hmm. experience and both were kind of successful on good teams like uh, British Hurricane with two titles for Skyripa and, and four titles for Seiko on, on Falcons Esport and Ex Oblivion. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's unexpected to say the least, um, but not entirely, I don't know out of character with what we've been seeing. Like you say, you know, they've uh, definitely got a wide breadth of countries represented now. Uh, Skyripa I'm showing as Romania and mm-hmm. Psycho as Austria. Um, so, you know, adding even more on in that sense, which I mean, hey, kind of fits with the Canadian thing, I suppose. Um, <laughs> True. With how diverse we are or tend <laughs> to be up here. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you know, we've we've got Maso, Shockwave, Aspire, so a couple names that, well, and Aztec, a couple names that played at least last season, if not more than that. Um, and then also some rookies coming in with, with False, and then now with Skyripa and Psycho. So, like I say, not out of character, definitely unexpected. Um, and certainly, I think, in those roles, unexpected. I, I probably would have put money on maybe another hit scan rather than flex, just given what we know of shockwave. I think he covers a lot of the same bases as uh, psycho seems to, uh, but at the same time, you know, not, not a bad thing to have, you know, to double up on any of these roles, really, especially the, both the DPS, right. Just given how many characters you need, um, you know, someone's having an off game or an off couple of weeks or something, maybe, Maybe it gives Psycho a chance to step in. And at the same time, I think there's some crossover even between Shockwave and Aspire. So, yep. you know, kind of gives them the ability to swap them if they really want to, right? Yeah, I think so. Well, Justin, you know, in was it seasons past, had talked about how, uh, you know, when they came into the league, they had predicted a meta that wouldn't include, uh, you know, Farah, for instance, and had no answer to it. And then last year we saw something similar where, we're going to predict that the meta is going to go a certain direction, position our team this way, and then things changed. I kind of believe with this sort of roster we see now, it's maybe an acceptance that as much as we might predict the way the meta might go, it'll always go and throw a curveball, even more so with, you know, whatever Overwatch 2 presents in the, in the 5v5. The idea of having sort of, I think that flexibility in sort of all areas makes sense. It does though lead to question that yes, they've said they're going to add another tank, but there is now going to be, I think much more emphasis on having the right tank in and the right tank available. Um, and what that all adds up to be probably has more to do with the role as it relates to the new ish game yeah like who do you think it's it's gonna be like uh, it, it seems like teams are trying to cover bases like the teams that have uh signed like at least two tanks they they still try to uh, fit that mold of of, of players who are comfortable thing. yeah mm-hmm. comfortable opting in main tanks. Yeah. but who's still available like uh reviewing the list i, I don't think we're gonna sign someone like jangu or aiming or something like that but like i I think aiming's probably done in yeah maybe overwatch but what about like lh cloudy 
Ben Best, maybe. Uh, possibility. I think Ben um, Best, I actually follow Ben Best on Twitter. I think he was just signed to a Tier 2 team. Um, oh, that's right. So I, I don't think he'd become... And that's, I don't, again, I don't usually follow Tier 2 very closely, so I'm not a good person to comment on it. I just think I follow Ben Best. I think I saw that. But, well, it, but if we're talking about like Ben Best or Alex Cloud, we're talking about main tanks, are we not? And yeah. now we have duplication with what I understand false will be bringing to the table. Yeah. False is more of a, you know, off tank player. Exactly. Is he? Okay. I thought, yeah, he, yeah. I, no, no, he's I thought a, he brought sort he's, of he's like a diva Zarya Sigma okay. kind of guy. Yeah. I, I think it's difficult to say, Oh, who's here. This is the, cause we see this. I mean, you see it on social. We see it in the different discords. Here's the player that this team should go after. But when we look at across all rosters right now, the number of rookies, the number of players that have mm-hmm. moved up from tier two into Overwatch League this season is astronomical. Like, I don't think we've seen this level of influx even when we saw the expansion take place. Hmm. Right? I mean, I guess maybe that's not a fair statement because with the expansion, you had a number of, was it? Minimum would have been what twenty eight spots, but yeah, the thing is that we're we haven't seen just some of the players that are still available. Who you know, like a, like Moth. Yeah, yeah. I think at this point, if Moth doesn't have a team, Moth's not in the Overwatch League next season, right? Where, like, where could Moth be going, if at all? I know vacant is New York, uh, Philly, sh- shock, shock, shock. Hmm. Mm. going home I, yeah i hadn't thought of that but that could be a social media pop you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the legend coming home kind of thing um, <laughs> but but i used i use him as an example is yeah like i mean moth is a player who would make a team better now are there players that are better than him yes but this is a this is a player who should likely make yeah. a team better yeah and doesn't have a job and so <laughs> i think when we look back at sort of the Titans, who might the Titans add? I don't know if they'd go for a pop, right? Like, I don't know what if at this point the Titans are going to go and, and find that player who's going to like, you know, set social on fire. But then I would equally say, I don't necessarily see the Toronto defiant as a team that would be signing someone at this point that would set things on fire, though maybe through trade, like, it's just, it's a weird sort of situation. And we've now heard from both teams where they've said, we want to see what Overwatch 2 is going to give us before we sort of go any further. Yeah. I think any, most teams with a minimum at this point, I think are not, I mean, it's guaranteed they're not looking to rush anything out because at this point we're past the point of anything being rushed. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the rosters as well and, there's not a lot of holes left, but it is also interesting to see that it feels like most teams are going for seven or eight. Whereas I definitely thought we would see teams sticking around six, but all the teams that I look at with six right now are uh, with the exception of like maybe Toronto, maybe one other, any team with six actually has holes. So they need to fill it. So they're going to have at least seven. Whereas Toronto has, well, a player in every seven. role, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that's true. Yeah, the I think 
I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like when we, we look at the number of players across the league and each team, you're right. I think we, I would have thought like a team like the Titans would have six, like they would have done yeah. the minimum, right? Like we're going to get to whatever number we need to mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, call it a day. But, uh, actually, no, I think they have to get to six. Seven is one plus because yeah. we've, they, it's a five. Yeah. On five V five, it's the, you have to carry yeah, okay, one more okay, than the so, minimum. So I, so yeah, so I was, I was right then. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I, I had assumed we would see more teams sticking with six, but given Toronto's at six and we know or heavily suspect they'll be adding at least one more means they'll be at seven. Um, and outside of them looking at the sixes, I mean, Paris is at six and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't add another, uh, just given what we know of Paris and how they've, they've operated Uh, in the past kind of thing. Um, but the other teams with six, we're looking at Spitfire who has a glaring hole in their flex DPS, uh, Philly who has five right now. So they have to add another, um, shock has six but they have a hole in main support which is why you know moth looks good there yeah um so anyways it, it i'm actually surprised at seeing who's probably or how many teams will probably have more than six because just given the yeah. unknowns of overwatch 2 i really thought we would see a lot of teams going bare bones minimum at the start yeah. of the league even if you wait two weeks wait until you've seen half of the teams play a match so you get a better feel for what styles teams are running? So see the what game too. Might be shaping up, <laughs> and exactly because it's all based on the fact that we know nothing. Like literally, we we don't know what this game is going to be, um, so we don't know where the best position to fill out will be. I mean, we look at main support. Main support is the least filled role, I would say, mm-hmm. um, and with teams missing players in there, but also teams only having one player signed in the main support role, whereas they have two in others frequently. And it's kind of like, what if, I mean, everybody talks about a double flex support meta. What if we wind up with a double main support meta? I I don't think that's really going to happen, but what if, right? And nobody can know that until we see this game. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just about how uh, uh, the term flex has changed over the years for both That's support a good and DPX as a, yeah. another thing that like kind of moved away from that projectile of characters that we got in, uh, that are so uh, uh, weirdly placed like a BAP or, or, or Moira and how you can like interchange them mm-hmm. a little bit. Even even with uh, uh, with uh, Runaway Titans, we had those issues, I remember, with like What's going on with support whenever we need the Baptiste Anna or something like that when, mm-hmm. when we wanted to, to run that? So I think a lot of it, it has to do with that. Uh, I, I guess, yeah, it's a discussion that was brought up in, in Tactical Crouch as well. Like, should you wait for uh, and see on what goes on uh, as, you know, the league starts or uh, take the other approach of just trying to grab, you know, as many good players as you can right now, because like if somebody picks up someone like I don't know Masa or Moth or 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 a Flex DPS, they're they're no longer on the table. So you you there's a risk involved either way, uh, but it does seem like there is some trend going on. We we brought up a player like Moth. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you you guys watched the last uh, uh, episode of, of Plot Chat. Uh, he was ranked as the second best uh, uh, main support of all time. And to bring that back to our topic of, of the Titans, 
uh, Masa was actually yep. ranked as the sixth best uh, uh, support of all time, uh, main support. And and Justin, I, I guess uh, Jordan. I mean, uh, you you probably <laughs> because of Justin from the Titans. I guess you already watched it, but but Chris, can you guess who was actually ranked seventh best of all time? Seventh best main support of all time. Yeah, Masa was sixth. interesting it's it's slime inclusion yeah really yeah Yeah. they (laughs) they had a tiebreaker and and masa was over him because he was picked in the top 10 more yeah and so so like they they scored them all or whatever everyone yeah that hosts the show submitted i think their top 15 or something like that yeah and then the producer behind the camera whatever basically charted them out and assigned them all points based on where they ranked one to ten and then (sighs) put it against each other so that it was kind of a you know fair judgment of who's who and so that shows that they all place a level of value on slime which was great as well as all these other players obviously um i don't think anyone was surprised to see moth that high up given you know who'd they have number one legia gone yeah Hmm. which and and they obviously you know it's been an hour and a half discussing it all and everything um and it was interesting to hear about Slime because a few of them were more on the side of, yeah, he was great when he was with the Runaway Squad, but you know, did he do much outside of that? And the answer is, well, not really, because after that he went to Florida, um, and they had the season that they had. But even still, um, well, the the thing about the that Runaway roster is no one performed well once they were apart. For a variety of reasons, but like I would not have given Slime that spot. Not to suggest I don't think he was good in his role, but I just don't feel that he charts based on what we saw from him Afterwards. beyond Vancouver, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to the episode about flex support because I actually, I think that Twilight's going to show up in that top ten. Yeah, I'd, oh, I'd yeah. be shocked. Top if he five. I was going to say oh. I, I think he can definitely hold his own. Well, if Slime gets there, I feel Twilight has to because I think if Fair. you compare, like, like I, I from support like to support, yeah, he was. The I feel Twilight was the better, better of the two, right? So yeah. it's just that look at Twilight though. Like he went to the Shock where he got Anna play ish, like that. In and even then, it was more situational. Like he wasn't the go-to. So yeah, I mean, he will be the go-to. I can't see Toronto, you know, electing not to to run with the. Uh, with the uh, twilight for some reason. I mean, not that they have sort of any other alternative here, but you know what I mean? Like, but he Toronto, was the, their big get for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If Toronto until, until they another, signed bumper, say a third tank. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? I don't care. Maybe Bring bumper in. For yeah. Enzo, he can play Farah but, Hanzo. Right. I thought, I think, didn't he play support? Like, Oh, in, professionally. Uh, yeah. Did play support yeah. and off tank as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, look, here is one of the versatile. premier utility, ver- yeah, versatile utility players that's not yet in the league. Bumper, yeah, not yet in the league. <laughs> I hold out hope. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if that's what he brings? <laughs> oh, who knows? We'll see. Boom, Amazing. bumper, big bump. veteran presence. Um, before we move on to the fray, uh, what else has been going on with uh, Vancouver and Toronto? Not a whole lot. They're getting their social media on. The Toronto Defiant social media account has woken up 
they're almost as noisy as the Vancouver Titans are now, uh, having a good conversation, memeing, what have you. Uh, as much as I'm, yes, old man shouts at crowd, I am fine with two teams that are engaged, that are embracing their, their, you know, communities and their fan bases. Uh, so more of it is fine. I'm just an old man yells at a cloud who, yeah, yells at clouds all the time. Uh, oh, and one final thing I will share. Uh, we have reached out to both uh, the Defiant and the Titans uh, in the hopes to have guests coming on to our show. Uh, Adam uh, is hopefully going to be joining us for an upcoming episode. Um, we've heard back from him and he's, he's game to join us. Uh, I reached out to Tim with the Vancouver Titans. Those that uh, might be wondering who Tim Holloway, I uh, have not heard from Tim, but uh, I feel it was only fair to ask both teams to see if they would join us. Uh, when we know more, you will know more and hopefully it's uh, sometime soon. So we don't uh, keep you waiting, uh, but just wanted to uh, share that news. Uh, we'll take ourselves a short break though, uh, before diving into the fray. If for some reason you ignored everything that we said at the start of the show and have been somehow off the internet and not seen any form of news coverage, uh, Microsoft has acquired Activision Blizzard at a value of close to $70 billion. I understand that's a lot of money. In um, cash. Maybe to some. <laughs> right, yeah. In cash. The, the valuation notches ATVI shares that I think it was like $95 per share to put into perspective at close of Monday, the share price for Activision blizzard was trading in the mid sixties. Okay. So like $68, I think it was what it was. It opened in the mid eighties, mid to high eighties upon the news breaking. It closed today, the, the Tuesday where we're recording um, it dropped down to sort of the low eighties, but that was that purchase bumped the ATVI share price by 30%. Now, what does this all mean? Well, one that shows the confidence that people have in Microsoft acquiring ATVI from a Activision blizzard perspective. But then when you look at the Microsoft share prices, they actually dropped a bit. And that's where those who are like, well, I'm not entirely sure this is the best way to go and spend as much money and set the record making deal as to sort of game developer yeah. acquisitions go. But um, again, as I let off the show, if you had told me yesterday, this was going to happen, I would have laughed at you yeah. loudly. Crazy, crazy. Like, yeah, the shares is an interesting one. Like, I guess it's just a matter of, of perspective of how big each company is. I mean, Microsoft is that, that's that uh, company behind uh, the MSN website, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. They have the, the MSN uh, website. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they're known for. Yeah. I, there's a lot of discussions going online. Um, not all of them are good. Like for us, at least personally, I'm happy for the employees 
uh, from what I've heard and, and like I've been told about, about Microsoft or their HR practices, they're just going to hose down those walls, hopefully. Um, I'm happy that like we, we don't have any confirmations, but, but just judging from the, the, the gaming leadership graphic that went out from Microsoft, they have, well, they, they even have more women than men. So that's pretty awesome. I, I hope that sets the tone of, of what they're going to do. And I saw a comment from Microsoft CEO about this acquisition and he said, uh, we look forward to extending our journey to create a more diverse and inclusive culture to our new colleagues at Activision Blizzard and ensuring all our employees can do what they love while thriving in a safe and welcoming environment. So that's the big takeaway for me, and I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> there was also a, a funny comment I saw where, where uh, there was a mention of, of Phil Spencer's uh, comments before like a few weeks when he said like uh, we will uh reconsider our uh relationship with activision blizzard and then phil spencer buys <laughs> activision blizzard that was a reconsideration uh, all right of course um there's concerns about monopoly or like antitrust and stuff like that and microsoft becoming way too big although in like in you know if you put it into perspective Tech acquisitions sometimes are larger than that, even probably in the gaming industry, not so much, but it's it's not something that that is unheard of. Uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that the the last cherry that for me would be just to see Kotick gone. And and I know you mentioned that he's he's getting a Fed check, but he wasn't facing bankruptcy anytime soon. Oh, anyway, yeah. it's just like if that's the price of seeing him go and and just you know. Well, there and there are people who are upset, like, "Oh, he's 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 making a." They should be. It's fair. Yeah, but the thing was, he 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 held enough shares that any form of acquisition that took place, yeah, he he was going to make money out of it. It's just that this particular acquisition is is Microsoft purchasing the company at arguably a hefty premium, right? Like. I mean, I know from a business perspective, much more goes into it. You can't just go and say, here's your share price. Here's some money because you need the Activision Blizzard board to say, yeah, totally. Let's do this. Um, It's why a lot of times acquisitions come in with a premium, but you also don't want to go and set the bar too low because that then sets the point that they can shop around, right? Like, I mean, who else though out there would purchase Activision Blizzard in its current form? Like, I know there are some big you know, logos out there, but that would want to get into that space that way. Like we're, I would have to suggest that we would be talking about if we think tech, like Amazon decides, well, we've got game studios and now we have bigger game studios, right? You only have to look at the really big ones. Like, I don't know. Basically three companies. Tencent. Are they big enough? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe four companies if you look at Tencent. Apple, I'm Google, <laughs> Apple, Google, Amazon are the three, and then Tencent is a little more gaming focused, but at the same well, time, are I mean, they really Facebook? interested? Facebook, yeah, Meta, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Meta Ooh, game, that, but like, but no, you but see, that's that like, that would have been worse. That would have been worse. Yeah, yeah that's exactly brings me back to the point. Overwatch uh, three VR. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not open that can of worms. I've it's fishy enough as is with uh, discussing Bobby Kotick. Ugh. Yeah. The thing about the deal though, and it, on YouTube, there's, you know, regulatory issues that may need to be 
overcome. I don't necessarily know if it's an antitrust issue here because I feel that there is still broad enough competition in the space, but it's possible that, you know, us regulators may look at this deal because it's significant in the amount of money that's changing hands and try to use this as sort of the example as to which, yes, we're paying attention to. And I kind of wonder if a deal were to go through, if Microsoft weren't forced to spin something out of it. Yeah. And I was kicking around the idea in, in RSP discord, where when we look at what ATVI provides, the one that Microsoft, I can't imagine would, would look to lose is King because King brings serious mobile money and are, I mean, unless they find someone who wants to pay an even higher premium for that. Right. So I would think King goes under the, if again, this is where things get spun, spun out. King becomes Microsoft for sure. Then we sort of look at the, what we know as Activision, the Activision brand. Activision, I feel, is also in a space where it's making some serious coin or at least sustainable in such a way that it continues to return profits. I mean, look at Call of Duty. New title every year, regardless of how well it's produced, it makes money. Where the question marks lay is the Blizzard app arm. But... If they were forced to spin that out, what does that look like? And that's not to suggest that Blizzard being on its own is is good. Um, I had sort of drawn a correlation to how Bungie was able to find its way out of the web that was ATVI, and I still don't understand how that was even possible. But I just I feel if they got broken apart, Blizzard is the most likely piece. I mean, it's, that breaks. It's such an interesting conversation when you put it that way i know they put out that image where it kind of shows the core franchises that are coming across with these developers so it was overwatch warcraft starcraft candy crush call of duty there's one that i'm forgetting that someone's gonna starcraft diablo Diablo. blizzard blizzard activision blizzard king blizzard and that's the thing is like in terms of gaming cred if you will Every property that Blizzard owns or, or started, I guess, technically Activision Blizzard owns is pretty huge and holds a lot of weight with gamers. Massive. One that wasn't even featured in that in that little article, that little image thing that's going around uh, was Hearthstone, which is another huge property for them. Uh, granted, it's kind of a spinoff from Warcraft mm. and everything. But I don't know if it's huge enough that it breaks. Like, I don't know that it registers on the ledger in a way that they need those other titles do. Sure. And and that's, that's probably true and probably why they wouldn't feature it in that kind of graphic and everything. But the point is mm-hmm. all of that, uh, all of sort of the, if you will, gamer cred properties were pretty focused on blizzard. The other one is call of duty, which is huge, but has a very casual audience and wide appeal as does candy crush. Obviously candy crush is mm-hmm. arguably the most, approachable the most widespread well-known yeah. like my mom plays candy crush who so does my wife exactly like you know it's it's my daughter's apparently playing it now too and it's, it's <laughs> check your credit card bill yeah <laughs> it's that kind of thing where it's like if something were to happen about like like you're saying they have to i don't know get rid of one do i don't know that any of them make sense because they all have huge implications blizzard obviously has 
the Overwatch League associated with it as well, which but given enough love and care, we know could, <laughs> could be a big deal. But I think it comes down to money though. Like what is making money? King is just, you know, printing checks yeah. left, right, and center. Call of Duty is a sure thing, right? Like that it's, it's, it's not, doesn't necessarily, you know, break the bank, but it's making enough money. It's a sure thing. You just roll a new title out, mm-hmm. you know, every, every year and you follow the ATVI process. Blizzard's in a weird spot. And I can't remember who it was that uh, had said this on social. Um, is it Matt Mersel? Anyhow, had said when you consider how Blizzard's sort of development process has been historically is big sort of epic titles. Yeah. And what Activision has always looked for is big epic, you know, money. Re- like they reproducible. Bring right. You, you, if it's big, it's epic. It's bringing money year over year. And it, there was always sort of this conflict. Blizzard was sort of compelled to develop in a schedule that brought in the money, but then in turn has historically never been the type of company that did this. Um, I mean, case in point, like Diablo is a franchise that, you know, we, we complain about overwatch two being delayed and, you know, Diablo's in a weird, weird space. Immortal wasn't released yet. Right. Yeah, exactly. Heck Starcraft. They could go and say Starcraft, whatever tomorrow and there's instant pop and yet you know we think about the franchise that's my blizzard uh sweetheart (laughs) but that's the thing i think that's where i feel blizzard yes they come with these larger player bases but then there's 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 question marks to be seen i think something needs to be said also about the console wars right uh for me personally my last microsoft console was this 360 it was very successful. I had a lot of exclusives. Of course, us three, we we play on, on PC and all those games are going to arrive on PC anyways. But but for Microsoft, they really need to sell those consoles as well, right? When you, you bring, like most people are not going to buy an Xbox Series X and a PS5, right? They would look oh, at the exclusives true. that they have and like, well, Sony have, you know, God of War, Uncharted, uh, A Last of Us and all those uh cool games but with xbox they don't really have it so they 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 do have a halo but that's not enough like for for most of what people might think and they need those console sellers i don't see them doing call of duty as like a console exclusive that is a bit too much money to leave on the table but imagine if suddenly like i don't know diablo doesn't you know come out on 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 ps5 or 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 overwatch the word exclusive, though, is what's going to get you the attention from U.S. regulators, mm. like Phil Spencer. T- yeah. Oh no, they, that that word because then then it's it's instantly able to drum up anti-competitive spirit. So right? then they'll say, "Oh, it's on Windows, it's on PC as well." See, like but Elder that, Scrolls, that, for uh, for example, is not going to be on Sony. Have you not seen how the U.S. government? operates just because you provide logic and reason yeah doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that's what actually is heard it's 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 the anti-competitive practice that's the issue regardless of how broadly uh, it's available just send more lobbyists and you'll be fine well and but even phil spencer came out today to say oh we have no desire to take 
Overwatch. I think it was Overwatch is what he had said, but away from PlayStation. Now, those are words. I was like going to say, so you're paraphrasing what he said a little bit there, because what he said was very PR speak, and it was very, I'm leaving us an out, so that yes. when these things inevitably go console exclusive, because I 100% <laughs> they will, um, they can say, no, look, what we said was we would support the current ecosystems that these are available on, but as soon as you release a new game, that becomes null and void. It's the kind of thing where when uh, they acquired or purchased uh, Zenimax and got Bethesda, there was a big argument, if you will, online about what's going to happen to Skyrim, what's going to happen to Starfield, what's going to happen. Well, Starfield, to- I think, is the one where there's still doubt as to. I don't think so. I think they cleared that up and said Starfield is only coming to Xbox. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but I, okay, so that and it'll I be would, Xbox. And I would PC lean that way because Xbox now has uh, with they have this play anywhere initiative where everything that you can play on Xbox kind of you can also play on PC. So there's that. Um, but it, there were a lot of people saying at the time you don't spend seven billion dollars because that's how much they spent to buy uh, to buy something and not make it exclusive to your ecosystem. You don't spend seventy billion dollars on something to not make it exclusive to your ecosystem. The but if, if call of duty. Okay. So call of duty would not go exclusive. I can't see that that would go exclusive. Think about how many people that's going to drive to Xbox. Well, that's the thing. Okay, sure. That's the driver. You, you're, you're suddenly driving console sales, which if I'm being honest, I don't really I don't know believe, if it drives to Xbox. I don't, I don't think Xbox is where Microsoft is looking to make money. I genuinely think Xbox is the value add to create broader appeal yeah. to our distributed gaming universe. But like, I, I agree with the, the exclusivity argument yeah. as to we're going to put it as part of our ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The but system. when I start to look at titles, like you take, if you take PlayStation, you take Sony out of the call of duty ecosystem. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't think that drives sales to Xbox. You're going to get a few, but I would argue you would see fewer game sales because if you were buying that game already and you've already made your purchase decision, I'm going to buy it on PC. I'm going to buy it on Xbox. I'm going to buy it on PlayStation. And if the moment you say it's Xbox exclusive, which PC is going yeah, to be included yes, yeah, with that, yeah. the PC players, it was never going to be an issue with mm-hmm. you already had them. Mm-hmm. The Xbox, you already had them too. So now you're thinking, well, I'm going to sell a few more consoles, but what are you actually giving up there? You're not getting that Sony you know, market share anymore though. And at this point you're almost encouraging them to go and try alternative titles like battlefield where EA seems to think it's more like call of duty these days. <laughs> well, and, and I do, so I do agree with some of what you're saying. I don't necessarily think, yeah, every you're going to see a huge influx of people leaving PlayStation to buy an Xbox just because of call of duty. But I think if you also look at what Microsoft has been pushing these past couple of years, they're not even focusing as much on console sales anymore. Their focus is on Game Pass, which subscriptions, yeah, bringing exactly you get that repeated uh, whatever uh, income from the customer. Fifteen Netflix bucks of month, gaming, bucks a month. Exactly, it's the Netflix model. Um, and with Microsoft moving all of their <clears throat> first party exclusives to day one included, you know, free on Game Pass. It's not free because you pay for Game Pass, but it's not 
90 bucks up front that, you know, in Canada, we're spending on a new first party game. Um, so if Xbox can suddenly say, look, the barrier to entry is now whatever it is, 15, even if you call it 20 bucks a month, and you suddenly have Call of Duty and Overwatch and, uh, I don't know, Hearthstone, Diablo, Starcraft, plus Bethesda with Fallout, with Skyrim, with Starfield, with, uh, I don't even know what other games they have, uh, Doom. It's yeah. It suddenly becomes a huge value proposition. And Candy Crush. And Candy Crush. That's right. Play anywhere. Um, <laughs> across all your devices. So it, it just, to me, I, I would be shocked given the argument that was made about they would be crazy to cut out Skyrim sales or, or Elder Scrolls sales. There was so much talk about that because Skyrim has been so such a cash cow for, um, for Bethesda, where they've put it on every device under the sun. And it's been around, I think they had the 10th anniversary edition release last year. Like this is a game from the ps3 era that was totally broken on those consoles as well and now it's on ipad and things like that if they're willing to take that and make it exclusive i could see them doing it with call of duty uh rockstar online 2 wanting to talk about grand theft auto 5 <laughs> can't wait to play skyrim and gta on the ps10 actually <laughs> actually so along those lines pulled up some tweets here from uh, Justin Davis, who is a, what, what's his title? His Twitter says director IGN. And he, he put out some tweets today that are, you know, food for thought on this. So he's talking about the, the acquisition, obviously. And he says, it's tough to f- fathom how big $70 billion is. Microsoft buying Activision is one of the biggest corporate acquisitions in history. It's Microsoft's biz- biggest acquisition ever, nearly as big as Disney buying Fox. Um, wow. Microsoft is buying Activision for more than double the price of all the following studio uh, studios or games combined. Minecraft, Bethesda, Double Fine, Obsidian, In Exile, Playground Games, Undead Theory, or Undead Labs, Ninja Theory, and GitHub plus LinkedIn. So with the exception of GitHub plus LinkedIn, those are all studios that Microsoft had bought in the past two years, I think. Um, and so it's, it's very interesting. Um, the, the second biggest acquisition in this vein is Take-Two buying Zynga, which just happened recently, for just, $12.7 yeah. billion. Dollars. That doesn't even compare to $70 billion. Microsoft buying uh, ZeniMax is fourth. It's not even third. And they bought it for, I mean, he put here $8.1 billion. I thought it was more like $7 billion, But anyways, eh, it just kind of... a billion or two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the, on that scale, what's a billion or two, right? It just kind of puts things into perspective. Um, and one other thing okay. too, it would cost about $80 billion to buy Nintendo. Now, obviously Nintendo's not looking to sell. Nintendo's been around since yeah. the 1800s, the 1900s. They are a very, very old company. I don't think they're going anywhere. But that kind of puts a lot of it into perspective, doesn't it? Well, I... So I... I I am maybe more in line with the idea that exclusivity of some sort comes out of this, but I don't know if this is like, if, if they're looking at exclusivity, it's not based on console sales is sort of my point. Sure. I think it like, you know, to sort of 
take this a step further and, you know, Omni and, and Jordan, you talked about sort of game pass and the subscription service. Um, some conversation has taken place about, you know, what does this mean for the titles that we see today moving into to game pass? Because it will happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had had a conversation and I've actually, you know, spoken to a few people in a couple of the different communities I'm a, a member of where you look at world of Warcraft, world of Warcraft has been around forever. Yes. They continue to pump out expansions, but it carries with it a pretty hefty subscription fee. Like that monthly sub for game time is very unique because that same price gets you online play for games. <laughs> and yet with wow, it got you online play for a game. So what's not to suggest that Microsoft looks at, let's say, wow, and says, ah, by subscribing to Game Pass Ultimate, you now get your monthly gameplay with World of Warcraft. How does that impact? Well, I actually believe, one, that injects players into a game that may or may not otherwise already know much about it because, well, I'll try it out. I'm paying for Game Pass. You've got people who are currently paying for WoW subs suddenly saying, well, I might as well transition over to this Game Pass Ultimate product. It gives me better value for what I'm already paying. I would think that the tier would be slightly more. Like the monthly rate is equivalent, but with sense, WoW, you, you get think, a discount, right? right? Over quarterly. Well, yeah. I think you'd lose that. I feel that's the distributed gaming model that yeah. Microsoft is making a play on is where the value is. And that value is then seen, I think, better out of something. Like, look, look we've talked about Overwatch. How much free content have we received from Overwatch? For, right? Like we've for a while it felt like a lot. Yeah, and then it, <laughs> they turned the tap off and just gave us cosmetics, which is arguably free content, yes, but not agreed. the content we're accustomed to. Yeah. But I could see it where simply having the subscription is what's now going to get you that free content. Otherwise, you it may go with an expansion model. Like there may be some form of well, I mean it's it's a weird space to get into, but I could this is again where I see the the play. Wow is in my mind probably the biggest question mark in all of this because of you're not seeing I struggle to imagine a world where you see Wow come to console. If you did it would be like a mouse and no, keyboard no, it, it required. It's not console. But it, it, it would not come to console. I was going to say understand. but the whole point in all of this exactly what you're saying with Xbox's push to Game Pass if they did something like that suddenly you convert a ton of wow subs into game pass subs. Suddenly you convert some game pass subs into wow players as well. And now the converse you've shifted the conversation from PlayStation saying we sold 15 million PS fives to Xbox saying we have 40 million game pass subscribers and it's two completely different ballparks, but traditionally for the past 20 or so years they've been major competitors with one another and it's 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 honestly like in terms of gamers like it's a great world we live in right now because microsoft is pushing the boundaries microsoft wants to see change and is giving players a lot of value and this is coming from someone who's never owned an xbox console and who traditionally plays very little on pc i'm a sony pony through and through um you know, I, I appreciate Xbox and, and I like some of their games, but I've just never gone that far into the ecosystem. Um, mm-hmm. But this is certainly something that would, 
<laughs> would be a pretty significant push to jump in. Another thing I wanted to mention that you kind of touched on as well is we also have to remember that it's not like Activision Blizzard hasn't dabbled, if you will, in the free-to-play models with how big Warzone was, you know, somewhat until recently when they've had a lot of problem with hackers and things like that. But Warzone being the the relatively huge success it was based on a battle pass model and everything, I could see a world where the single player Call of Duty campaign and maybe the traditional uh, multiplayer game modes, the ones that, you know, Call of Duty League and stuff like that plays on, I could see a world where those go exclusive but Warzone stays multi-platform. And suddenly you still have people being brought into the ecosystem sort of in a light version where it's kind of like, hey, look, you're getting this. Exactly. You're getting this, this, like you say, freemium product that is still top, top quality Call of Duty is still a very similar experience to what you'll experience over there. But if you want this other stuff, you don't have to buy the game. Buy Game Pass. And again, you're contributing to the subscription, to the the overall numbers that Microsoft is touting, right? There's a lot going on here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're, I could see that. Like the, I, if it's a free to play or a monetized freemium game, you don't, you don't exclusive that. Like the exclusivity yeah. on the freemium model, it'd be like Candy Crush like exclusive. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, you, you want as many possible people out there that have a wallet and some money to burn mm-hmm. to burn it with you and and the freemium model sort of requires that. Yeah. But when I look at sort of the games that we we see out of out of ATVI, I I mean could any of the Blizzard titles go into this sort of freemium space that's not already there? Like Hearthstone is freemium. Well, I mean, Pots is freemium. What have we talked about with, with Overwatch Two coming out? They got no, to I don't switch see, to a model around that line. Like, but if they if they if they go for, I, if Overwatch Two goes freemium, I think that introduces a. I, I it, it it introduces a significant risk to an existing player base that is already fractured. Because the moment you start to attach price tags to things that we have already come to expect, quote unquote, for free, mm-hmm. no matter how good they happen to be, you are making me to pay for something that I feel I should not have to pay for, right? Like that, it's it's a it's a tough space to be in. Like I think they can do that with Warzone and Call of Duty because you didn't have this Warzone experience before. Mm-hmm. It was something entirely new. Like if they create a uh, battle Royale mode mm-hmm. for Overwatch. Oh, freemium the heck out of that, right? You can do that. Skins, cosmetics, I think you can freemium those, but when it comes to actual gameplay, you can't. Now, Microsoft has Elder Scrolls Online, because I was going to sort of talk about how they have spa- you know, familiarity now mm-hmm. within uh, the MMO space. ESO, if I want to play it, I can play it right now. I can just download it, play it. Now, is it going to be as good of an experience if I were to not pay? Probably not. And it's it's geared to try to encourage me to spend some money. Um, that's the model I wonder if we wouldn't see World of Warcraft go into. You know, and I guess I should clarify. When I was saying freemium, I, I was thinking more of a battle pass model, which obviously there's so many of these terms oh. that we throw around that I, I don't yeah, know yeah, if yeah. that was clear. But I... I I think we've talked before about will Overwatch 2 be a 
free to start game with the battle pass kind of thing. Um, and, and that is, I that think, is what I hope for. Honestly, I would gladly pay a small monthly fee or 25 bucks every four months or something like that. I would even pay for the game to start to have something like that. Um, as long it's as all, it's persistent could, and you I, know, ongoing. I, yeah. Battle pass. I, I could agree with that, but battle passes as far as I know, and I'm just thinking of the titles that I've played that have them. It's cosmetic only. It's not gating map content. Sure. It's not yeah. gating no, and that's true. experiences, right? I, I think it's Warzone gating my like ability that, yeah. to to have Reinhardt dress up like Steve from Minecraft with a cowbell <laughs> and um mm. you know don't fear the Reaper. Like that'd be an epic cosmetic, right? You know? I don't know about Reaper hits his Q and here's Steve. Steve is Minecraft with a cowbell going clunk, 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 clunk as the song's playing. Don't fear the Reaper. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we're the thing about this is such a big deal that happened today. The expected time for this to all clear is by the end of fiscal 23, which is June Mm -hmm. of next year is what they're expecting. So until such time that that happens, ATVI is in a weird space because that anything that they do would need to have sign off from the, you know, acquiring party that being Microsoft Bobby Kotick sticking around as far as we know until such time as the deal closes. But by all reports, Phil Spencer is the CEO that everything will flow into CEO Microsoft gaming. That's his, his new title. But like, it's, it's this, this real long process where we as overwatch fans are accustomed to stagnation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and we're proud of it. Right. I kind of feel that for, if it takes until June of next year, yeah. we're talking over a year's time. So that begs the question, what, it, assuming it all goes through and everything, what blizzard properties do we see this have an effect on? Cause I don't really think we'll see much effect on overwatch too. Cause I think it's already on a path and it's close enough that I think will get it released before, if not before the deal goes through shortly after like yeah. fall 2023 is the latest. I think I see overwatch two. Now don't hold me to that. Cause you know, fall 2023, the latest I said, <laughs> no, but like just to, to be clear, that would be uh, approximately two years now. Uh-huh. Oh man. <laughs> I but, hope for it before then, but if, if it's, if it's not like, it, it ha- I feel it has to be this. And, and that's kind of my point, right? Is I, I'm just saying, I think it is a finished enough product that we won't see big changes because of this deal to Overwatch 2, at least not for a while until after the deal closes. Whereas something like Diablo 4, I think is far enough out that it might see changes because of Microsoft's influence. Maybe. I think my, my take is if it's already in development, it's already on path. Like everything goes into sort of an autopilot. Like there won't be any acquisitions. There won't be any new labels. There won't be any new titles or IPs. Like if it's not already sort of present, like world of Starcraft. Starcraft ghost. Yeah. Starcraft ghost. Like we won't see that until the deal closes, but in overwatch Two, Diablo four Diablo immortal, you know, I think we'll see a blizzard you know, act developed world of Warcraft expansion. Like 
any like there have because I, I feel there's sort of something already in think, the mix yeah, there. Things that are already on a path are already on that path. But yeah, if you're Activision Blizzard, you're not spending money that you don't have to spend mm -hmm. because anything that you spend now is less money left over when all is said and done. And again, you have to go to someone who doesn't yet own you, but kind of does and ask for permission to go and spend it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anywho, you know, what's the weirdest part about it. What's weird when you can, when you think about it as a Microsoft and Sony uh, type of perspective is that crash bandicoot is now a Microsoft property. Oh yeah. <laughs> the biggest travesty in gaming history. Yeah. Oh, well, Hey, it's still possible that uh, labels get spun off and all this, what goes around can come around eventually. I mean, you know, you know, what's going to happen. Crash bandicoot will become a Nintendo property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Along with banjo. <laughs> Still yeah. technically owned by Microsoft, but it was in Smash, so it could happen. Um, we've been getting on about this deal because again, it's big news, but there's been other stuff going on in uh, the <laughs> Overwatch League that we should probably touch on too, eh? Um, the rosters are, as we'd sort of talked about earlier, set, uh, but there have been a couple of changes. So the Chengdu Hunters, um, they made some cuts. Now, true, it's on sort of on the contender side, um, but they they let Jimmy and Tarot Cookie go. Um, so that, you know, I get kind of, but it, again, it's when players are dropped at this point, I wonder why did it take till now to happen, unless it happened way ago, but then it goes to the whole, like, why not share that news earlier? Um, we've also seen some new additions. So for instance, the New York Excelsior, who needed to share who they had, shared who they had ha uh, signed. Uh, Kellen, Yaki, Ganjim, and Myungbong. And the Philadelphia Fusion have added Fury and Aim God. Um, both teams were below, or at least publicly below the minimum, which we now know is not true. All teams had the minimum. Um, but what was interesting sort of within this is the Philadelphia Fusion have said, yeah, we're going to be staying in uh, in the Asia region uh, for for this upcoming season. And any of the New York Excelsior say we're coming home. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which creates imbalance that's already imbalanced. Does it not? It does. So listening to, I think it was Tactical Crouch talking about this. I was surprised because they all actually seemed pretty on board with it and presented the fact that the way the numbers work out, it'll actually mean that um, there's a lot less strength of schedule because every team will play every other team a minimum of two times. I've never been the, I don't know, biggest guy who looks at the schedule and that kind of, kind of stuff. So it, I would have to look at what the schedule is to actually confirm if all of that's true and everything. But they said the way it was last season with New York and Philly, it created an imbalance because you couldn't have every team playing each other twice. Mm -hmm. It would mean there were awkward games where, you know, on a Thursday you have to have one game or something like that. Um, so logistically, apparently it actually makes the strength of schedule argument kind of not a factor, which is good. 
right? Um, regardless, I was confused at seeing Philly being the one staying and New York coming back because New York has always been uh, a more um, Korean-focused roster, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas yeah. Philly obviously was more mixed. Um, and Philly was the surprising one to see go over there last season. So, huh? <laughs> the more we try to find some sense in it, the more it's confusing true. it becomes. It's true. It's very true. I. So the, the strength of schedule argument, okay, I can sort of see that. I just feel that you still have regional division, regional division issues. Of here. course. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, in the grand scheme, does it really matter who ultimately makes some playoff format that be determined at a later date? No, but I, I, I am so accustomed to divisional balance or relative divisional parity as two teams, especially what coming from the traditional sports sphere as I do that when I start to look at something like the overwatch league and I see it structured as it is, it it's like a pair of shoes that just don't quite fit. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I mean, a big part of that is because traditional sports traditionally don't aren't international either. Right. Well, no, but like I'll actually use it like an international comparison. Um, World Cup, sure. uh, which I would call soccer, but football for those who are, are from North America. Now, yes, the way FIFA allocates, you know, World Cup placements internationally probably needs some work. But you have representation based on strength of sort of the participants mm-hmm. uh, or strength of nations, as I guess they would define it. And then in turn from there, the number of registered players, what have you, so on and so forth. There is an imbalance there, but the structure is set to funnel sort of the best of the best up Mm -hmm. within the concept that we see within the Overwatch League. It's not easy to suggest that we're getting the best of the best because you have this structure that doesn't allow for, for that to play the best necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's, I mean, again, I, I don't think there is an answer here. There is no perfect solution short of bringing them all. Either everyone plays everyone or, bring them all into one spot, neither of which are going to happen, but and who knows? I may, may make it a big deal out of something when the Overwatch League says, Hey, here's our new, really cool balance decisions, whatever they are, tourneys, stages, um, plus home game. We have our new, yeah, we have our new Canada division, <laughs> right? Calgary's getting a team. That'd make a, that'd make podcasting a whole lot more fun. Yep. Yeah. Anywho, um, time will tell, but yes, New York is apparently coming home. Philly is not. And I agree with you, Jordan. It's kind of backwards, but what can you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else been going on? Uh, not a whole lot, but there was a, uh, a patch, um, that happened to, to go live soon after, um, our last episode and it went live and then it went not alive and then it came back kinda. And then it came back like it was. This, I don't know. I'm sure there's been scuffed patch releases before, but it's been a long time since I remember one as scuffed as it was. Like, so the Hanzo uh, scatter um, now, which is kind of cool, was even cooler when it went through everything. <laughs> May walls, shields. I'm surprised it didn't go through like the environment. 
<laughs> shoot it in. Um, takes everyone out. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Cross us right? over to another game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's you know some some uh, horde orc running through you know barons and thunk. Here's an arrow in the side. No, I thought he meant other Overwatch matches, but no, another game I meant like uh, even more I mean, funny. someone in Warzone and yeah. getting a headshot. <laughs> Uh, but um, I so Omni and I were chatting uh, earlier today about some of the changes, and uh, let's just say that I am slowly getting accustomed to the Moira change, where she can now sort of jump and fade. Um, the first time I played her post patch, I yeeted myself into the drink on Rialto because. <laughs> When was it ever an issue that I could go and jump over a barrier? I couldn't, right? Like, but on that second bridge where I'm just like, wee. <laughs> um, but just to sort of quickly go through, uh, Moira, jump and fade. Reinhardt, shatter, a little more effective. Uh, Hanzo has uh, scatter arrows because scatter arrows for Hanzo makes sense. Um, you got Cassidy who can now roll in the air again. I like that. And then uh, a couple nerfs, uh, Torb, a little less damage, and uh, Ball, uh, his hook isn't forever anymore. Yeah. So. Nothing lasts forever, I guess. I, okay, I don't have any issue with the Torb nerf. I mean, I kind of feel that he was a little overtuned with the amount of damage that he could dish out. Um, The one that I'm particular about is the... uh, the ball nerf. I understand the logistics as to why the grapple shouldn't last forever, but I feel it takes away the ability to go in and stall. Well, it's not so much stall, but like the I can't remember, uh, discord I was in, someone had suggested having it as his grapple is timed when an objective. So like if you're on a, on a point, let's say on, um, office tower. I can't just grab and spin around forever as the impossible target to hit or on any form of escort on the payload. The moment I grapple an objective, there's a timer and then it kicks off. I'm okay with that. I just feel that he should still be able to go and grapple and hold um, outside of because like, let's say you go and you, you try to eat yourself around a corner and suddenly see, okay, I got to pivot. You have you no longer have the time to go and reset. You have to let go, or guess what? You're eating yourself yeah. off the map. That's a, that's that's a good idea. To me, they kind of ruined ball for me ever since you can't like uh, use his hook from spawn. <laughs> that's the best <laughs> best part about playing him. Like two, you, you're dead. You uh, two seconds, you're back on point. I feel like that was his big advantage. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I enjoy playing uh, playing ball. Um, I've also enjoyed playing. Well, actually, I've enjoyed playing all the heroes that currently got patched. Yeah. I've even been enjoying playing uh, Cassidy. Yeah, so. Overwatch is fun right now. As much as like <laughs> we like to hate on it, it's a fun game. Yeah, it's. I um, I do wish there was more than just patches, though. Yeah, I, I would love a map. Um and. Yes, people who would I ever say this? Like, we've been getting new maps. Free for all, yay! Yeah, 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 exactly. The one mode that I just have absolutely no interest in. 
<laughs> you can see it a lot in like uh, custom uh, made games too, like uh, oh, sure, uh, Doom Parkour, like Ultimate Gun. Well, I, I, okay, I've been playing a lot of Ultimate Gun game, mm. and so really the only map that I see is Workshop Island. Mm. Either daytime or nighttime. That's the variant. Mm-hmm. That's fun though. Yeah. Anywho, um, but yeah, there we have it. Nice long show. Yeah. Lots happened in two weeks, right? It was, it was two weeks worth of content yeah. or was it 24 hours worth of content that we shared over the course of 12 in one episode that lasted just over an hour? I feel like it was more than two weeks worth of content. Yeah. I, I don't want to say anything for fear that even more comes out between now and the next episode, mm. but, but yet it will. It right? might. Vancouver. Let's hear about that tank. When it rains, it pours. <sighs> We won't, we won't hear about the tank until they know more about the game. And the only thing that I know is that apparently teams are starting to scrim 5v5 right now. Oh. And I, I, know, I saw some rumor that uh, McD was streaming hmm. and happened to leak uh, scrim codes. <laughs> <laughs> or, Good so. work. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, here we are wrapping up uh, another episode. It's been two weeks. It'll probably be another two weeks before we get back to you. But uh do you guys have any final words of wisdom that you can share with all of our listeners that will tide them for 14 days? Yeah. I think that one great thing about Overwatch 2 being owned by Xbox is that if it's bad, you can always do a 360 and walk away. <laughs> oh. Yeah, brought oh, that one goodness. back from the grave. Very nice. That's, that's good. I like that. I have I have nothing timely to say about that. Um, yeah, I'll just say, get your, get your COVID boosters. Cause that's a good thing to do and don't get COVID cause it sucks. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. I obviously feel for you. Um, I did get my booster today. Right. I didn't actually sort of close that loop that I let off the show with, but I did, I booked my booster. And so here in the province of BC, you get notified that you're eligible. You log into a system and you go and find an appointment for those who do live in BC and who've heard these stories. Oh my God, it's like a three, four hour wait at the convention center in Vancouver. That might be true, but see, all I did is I just went and looked at, okay, click, click, click all the different locations near me, trying to find one that had appointments available. And there was a pharmacy down the street for me that had an appointment for today. So I got my email overnight and I got my 12 hours later, I got the jab in the arm and I have now had the best Wi-Fi experience I've had since we moved. Got that scatter arrow hack implemented into you. I, uh, over here in Alberta, it's actually much easier. It's basically a free for all. You just book it if you can and you get in or you don't. I was booked for mine Mm -hmm. the same day that I uh, tested positive. So that's, uh, that's why I missed last episode, but uh, I didn't go get my booster that day either. So I got it. I have to get it now or soon. Well, like, do you have to wait now before you can get it? Cause like, I think here you have to actually wait like six or eight weeks before you go. Wouldn't it be nice if anyone could accurately tell you that answer? Because let me tell you, the government of Alberta sure can't, but I digress. <laughs> I have rough timelines. I have to wait. Yeah. Well, final words of wisdom uh, from me, which unfortunately will not be as sage as the ones that you just got from Jordan. 
Um, it's more of a statement, but uh, to whoever stole my office key, I will find you. You have my word. Hmm. That was ominous. And, and Omni's yeah. screen went dark. Right no, when he said I'm that happy that I didn't, uh, didn't steal your key. Couldn't have been me. Well, I mean, it was my office key. And trust me, I will find you. You have my word. I need it back. Is that, is that a hint? Does, does someone have the name word in their name or something? The word, no, the word Squidward? word in their name. <laughs> okay. It was, it was a horrible joke. Do I, do I explain it to the two of you right now? Or do I trust that our listeners understood that joke better? <laughs> Maybe off the air. I'll, I'll uh, do a 360 and see if I get it better. Um, if you happen to get the joke or if you happen to agree or disagree with anything that we've said over the past hour and 15 minutes, please let us know on Twitter at ready set Pwn or in discord discord.io slash ready set Pwn. You can find us there. You can also find the three of us on Twitter. I'm at light forest. Omni is at Omni strife and Jordan is at sir. Dr. JM. You can also find them hosting the one man Watchpoint podcast, uh, on, uh, I believe still opposite weeks that we record. I had to take but, a week uh, off because of COVID from that as well. Oh, unacceptable. <laughs> unacceptable. Uh, but, uh, if you are looking for more of our content, obviously our back catalog is there. I talked a little bit about earlier. We've got some guests hopefully lined up in uh, future episodes. So you don't have to wait too much longer. And of course we will be back in two weeks time at the same place around the same time talking about the same things that we do. The Vancouver Titans, the Toronto Defiant, and Xbox, because you can't get Xbox news anywhere else. So on behalf of Omni, Jordan, myself, Chris, signing off this episode with Catchrays. Thank you.